You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, good evening, everybody. Uh, the plan was to record a couple shows tonight, but uh, thanks to our buddy Pete, uh, he's kind of pushed all that weather that was going through the area down here in New Jersey. Thanks, Pete. We appreciate it. That was, that was great of you, by the way. Um, so we only get to one today, but uh, you know, obviously you know, me and Pete are going to sit down and break some bread here. Uh, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, brought to you tonight by Hotels.com. Don't hate like a friend or a couple, you know, couples, friends of somebody in the trip they're taking. Make your own and do it with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com, be there, do that, get rewarded. Um, don't forget our good friends over at Himalaya. If you're looking for a new podcasting app, Himalaya is good. Obviously, they run you through. They give you, you know, playlists that fit your need and things that you've liked. You're able to comment and, you know, like on a, every single episode of Good or Bad, podcast-wise. Um, make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Browns over there. We're going to sit uh, down with Pete Smith. we got some stuff to go through, uh, you know, some you know, league news, Browns news, listener questions. Uh, Pete, but, uh, you know, look, everybody wants the temperature to take the pulse. Um, the Gerald McCoy, uh, summer concert tour seems to maybe going to continue now. Maybe he's going to go to Carolina. I don't know if this is maybe, you know, it seems kind of agent ployish, like, all right, John Dorsey, all right, Carolina, get your best offers together. I don't think John Dorsey's wavering off what he is. If these other franchises want to pay more money, that's just something we're going to have to deal with. But, you know, beat the waltz, because you don't call it a a slow a short dance. It's a long dance. It's a waltz, and it continues with Gerald McCoy. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's not like it's taking some obscene amount of time for him to sort of figure this thing out. It, it's been, you know, week, uh, it, or will be when he takes this visit to Carolina on Friday. Uh, but if you're the Browns and you're uh, John Dorsey, I can't imagine you feel any more nervous because he's going to a third-place team in the NFC South. Um, Who you beat last year. Right, uh, like, they, they theoretically can free up money uh, to make a run at him, but right now uh, they don't have a ton. Uh, they have less than the Browns do. Uh, and they aren't a very good uh, team. I mean, they just aren't. And, and, and if you look at what Carolina did in the offseason, they don't think they're a very good football team. And I look at the draft, and you know, I, I like Brian Burns. I don't like him as much, quite as much as you do, but I think we both think he's a very good player. But I, I, and, and maybe you disagree, I don't think it's a year one come in and blow things up type thing. He may have uh, some, some multiple sack games and some really big plays, but, but when you're that young uh, coming into the NFL and you're a smaller guy, he's not small, but a smaller guy, uh, it, I think it's going to take a little bit of time to adjust. I think he will be very good, but I don't think it's a year one thing. So you're taking him with a little bit of a, a look towards the, the longer term. And then you come back in round three and you take a quarterback. And a quarterback that does nothing but raise more questions about Cam Newton and just how healthy he is and just how healthy he can be when you take a 24-year-old rookie quarterback in Will Greer, uh, who is a guy who you would play earlier as opposed to later. So 
I, I don't know how the Panthers can really sell. We're in it to win it right now. Because if you look at what they're doing, they don't appear to believe that. Well, the thing for me, and I'll go with Brian Burns. Like I think Brian Burns, if you wanted to paint an ideal picture for him, it would be a nickel-dime pass rusher. And if he got to seven, eight sacks, that'd be okay. But the thing is, they're not going to be a very good team. And you know, Brian Burns still is going to have to either still find a way to put on some weight, which he did and got himself to almost 250 at the combine and slayed it there. But the thing is going to be to incorporate being a full-time end. And that's the thing you're going to worry about with Brian Burns because, look, I mean, these guys, he's going to be facing, whether it's left tackles or right tackles, these guys are established. They've got, some of them, 60 to 70-pound weight advantages on them. His thing is going to be speed in pass rush situations off the bat. That's what it's going to be, similar to almost uh, years ago with Tennessee, uh, the freak curse, but it, it, it's different though because curse actually was a little bit longer and you know and, and taller and longer and whatever. So it's you know Burns could be a nice asset for them, but it's not what's going to solve the fact that they didn't make the playoffs last year. Will Greer, yeah, that, that is the one where I'm with you. It's you, you draft a Will Greer and it's a, a sure sign of well, we're not sure how much longer Cam has. And look, you know, you kind of did this to yourself, Carolina, because you let him take an obscene amount of carries there was part of the nfl that let this happen because he took obscene hits that were egregious penalties that were called what 20 percent of the time 33 percent of the time but i don't know like like if he really wanted to go to baltimore or he really wanted to go to cleveland and maybe milk each franchise out of a you know a better offer you would say indianapolis or that's where you would go visit it you know both teams, like I think, if Baltimore thinks they're going to lose and Cleveland thinks they're going to lose, well, it's like, well, if you're going to Col- if you're going to Carolina, that's fine then. This was much to do about nothing. Right. This, you know, it only makes a difference if there's more visits after this, and and there may full well be. But if you're saying that he's going to take three visits and be done, but there, but, but like teams- we said, there's better options even than Cleveland. For lesser money, if the Saints want to get involved and it's lesser money than everybody else, yeah. oh yeah, go chase the ring. Yeah, that's why, and that's you know that's the thing is I think there's a better option in the, the same division, and that's the Saints. I, again, I don't think there's a good argument. I I just don't. If you're going off of just cold hard, you know, reality. And you're not making it an emotional thing, or you don't have friends there that are, you know, you know, making it into an irrational decision. Straight up, Baltimore is better than Carolina. Straight up, Baltimore or Cleveland is better than Carolina. You can, you can, you know, we can say we think uh, Cleveland is better than Baltimore based on the quarterbacks and everything. Although Baltimore has more proven, but uh, but you know, and that there's an argument there. You you can make a case for Baltimore. I I don't think it's a great case. Uh, but they have an argument. Carolina doesn't. They just don't have an argument with either of those two teams. Um, and as for as for Cam Newton, yeah, uh, he's he's one of the worst officiated players of the past decade. Uh, but the part of the problem, uh, you know, he has taken a bunch of hits he shouldn't have, and all these things. But I also think he hasn't evolved as a quarterback the way he should have, and that's on him. You know, he's 
he's a guy who can you know, occasionally will make a throw that maybe Pat Mahomes can make and no one else. And then he'll miss a bunch of passes that he has no business missing because he's got lazy mechanics or whatever, or he's just flat tired, whatever the reason is that he's just never taken that step as a, as a passer. So now I think, you know, he's going the other way. And, and if he's, you know, uh, compromised in any way, whether it's his arm now or, you know, the, the foot that has been dogging him for years or whatever, you know, I think it's a sliding scale, uh, and that does nothing to make them better. But yeah, you've seen this team. You played this team twice last year. If you're Cheryl McCoy, uh, were you impressed either time? I, I, I tend to doubt it. So, unless there's more visits coming, and and again, there may well be, uh, this one does nothing to move the needle, in my view. Yeah, and, and you know, if you're either team Baltimore or Cleveland, like it's not like oh, we're gonna go visit Carolina, so you know, up your offers. It's well, if you want to go there, go there. And look, we saw this team last year, and I don't think Cam Newton is the fit for your guy Pete and DJ Moore. I don't think he's the fit for Samuel. Um, I think you need that quick rhythm thrower, which I'm not sure we think Will Greer is either. But you have to understand the quickness in how. Quick, you know, and how these guys can make things happen within their routes, within the first, you know, three, four strides, where you, it's it's quick read, and it's you don't want the six foot five long thrower. It just what they're doing with their skill doesn't seem like it matches with Cam Newton. I don't think it matches with Will Greer either. But it's all right. Well, go ahead, go visit Carolina. You know, and the other thing is, I don't know about the vegan menu in Carolina. I don't know if he can eat. You know, if you're going to Baltimore, it's it's a bunch of shellfish and things like that. I don't know how any of this works, but you know, but I mean, by all means, if you want to go spend 36 hours in a city, get wooed and dined, whatever. But look, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, and look, and we still think the Colts and the Saints are huge, huge contenders here because the Saints have the allure of look, we've already been there. We ain't got to sell you on it. We've been there. We don't need you necessarily. The Colts, it's you know, everything would work here. We're good enough, we're deep enough, and oh yeah, you know, we won a playoff game last year. So there is that allure too, but it's, I mean, it, it, it's getting to the point where it's getting a little long in the tooth. It's everybody, what is, or where is Gerald McCoy, and it's go spend 36 hours, go home and talk with your family. It's, you know, I, I, you know just sell me the concert t-shirt at this point, because I'm looking if he's coming to our local venue, because it seems like Gerald McCoy is you know, enjoying this process, but let's just get it over at this point. Um, Pete is going to get you to the blue chew here in a second, but I'm going to give you some words from the good folks over at Untuck It. Uh, guys, as you know, Father's Day is coming up, so, you know, having something for Dad is always good. But, uh, you know, UntuckIt.com. Dad's coming in all kinds of shapes and sizes, and so should the shirts. Like tall, short, slim, relaxed. Ever wonder why your father's button-down looks so long and baggy at the end of the day? It can be hard for guys to pull off a casual, untucked look that isn't slappy, sloppy. So check into untuckit.com. Um, the promo code here is going to be NFL.com. Uh, Father's Day coming. Look, whether it's mowing the lawn, whether it's at the barbecues, whether it's at the youth games, give something back. Uh, that's what dads are there for. So go ahead, check out the fine folks at Untuckit. So... You know, with Blue Chew, uh, blue like the color blue, uh, 
look, it's it's about uh, high end performance and confidence. And in that respect, it's no different than athletes and PEDs, except this one's legal. Mm-hmm. Greenies in the 70s for Major League Baseball, uh, various steroids in any sport, you know, hum- human growth hormone, whatever. Uh, athletes take them because they work and they want to be at their best. Uh, the difference here is this one's safe. It's got the ingredients. They're FDA approved. Uh, the same active ingredient is Vi- Viagra, Viagra and Cialis, so you know it's good. But, you know, it's one of those things where if, if it's good enough for the guys trying to be at the top of their game on the field, it should be it should be the same thought process you have uh, with the spouse. You always want to be at your best so she can be at her best. Uh, you can use them anytime, day or night, uh, even on a full stomach, and they work twice as fast because they're chewable. So you can be ready early and often, uh, ready to go, take care of it. The uh, locked on locked on is the uh, promotional code. Check it out. As always, don't be a Jeff. Uh, take care of business, do what you got to do. Be at the highest levels of performance as consistently as possible. As always, uh, Lockdown Browns is all about encouraging repeat business, both for for Blue Chew and for you. (laughs) Um, Before we get to, you know, we have some other things to get here. Um, I just, um, look, we we heard early in the week that Nick Foles was going to miss OTAs. When a quarterback's missing OTAs, that's usually something where, and they, you know, extended the Jacksonville Jaguars, extended, you know, some well wishes to Nick and his family. Look, I, I've been here. The and the news is, you know, Nick Foles' wife was 15 months pregnant. Now she got some sort of virus, ended up going into labor. It's it's terrible. Uh, I've been there before. We eventually got to Miss Avery, who's 12 and a half now, and Hope, who will be soon to be 11 and a half. We went through a lot of struggles and a lot of miscarriages and it's it's just it's the worst thing in the world because you know you, you think you're married you're gonna have some kids it's you know bang 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 with the wife and then nine months later you have a kid but there is so much more that goes into it and it just sucks for nick Foles and his family and it's it, it, it's tough because you know at that point maybe you get to the point where you start telling the other child uh, you know and everything it's just it's the worst. You think it's the simplest thing until you have to go through this and then you have to start meeting with specialists and all this stuff. So my heart, prayers, and thoughts go out to the Foles family. It's it's just not a fun thing. It's, you know you feel tremendously bad because it, it, it's just so tough. T- as soon as you hear that you know, you're expecting, you get into that whole family mode and you know it's it's just the way it's just sad. It's terrible. And you know I, you know, I wish the best to them because... Nobody ever wants to go through this. That being said, yeah, go ahead. No, I mean that, there's there's no question, and and I don't know you know the full situation or anything, but especially if you're one of those family who's been trying like hell to get pregnant in the first place, or this is one of those things that's been a long drawn out process for you, and then to you know to lose it that, that situation is is you know, it's heartbreaking. And, and my guess is it would be something that they had planned for and tried for and all these things, uh, which is why, you know, it's not like, you know, he's taken a, you know, over a week off for this thing that, you know, it clearly hit home. Uh, I, you know, I applaud him for doing right by his wife and being there for her. Uh, you know, and I'm sure there are people that some, some jackass on radio or something is going to be out there calling him soft or criticizing him for missing OTAs or whatever. But 
you know, this is, it's, you know, it's the right thing to do. It's not necessarily the easy thing to do. It, it should always be the easy choice uh, for him. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it just, it just sucks. It's no different than Matthew Stafford and obviously what he was doing. You, know, you got to remember at the end of the day, they are human beings. And yeah, they're fantastic athletes and they are the best in the business and make a ton of money. But, you know, they still have to deal with real life stuff. And it, trust me, I can't go any further. Um, it's tough. It's just tough to deal with. Um, from Tony uh, K-U-H-E-L. Cool. I'll go with that. What would be, Pete, I mean, and this is a good question. We have actually talked about this a little bit. What is, you know, is there a plan B if the Gerald McCoy thing doesn't work out? Is It's, there, there's a name or two maybe on the market, but there's not a lot. Um, Is there a plan B? Yeah. I mean, there's probably a plan C and D too. Uh, but in terms of. <laughs> How they you know, weigh versus plan A, new. No. I mean, plan A is so far out and above what the others are. I mean, and one guy who, who has come up, uh, Brent Sobleski has been on this, and I don't think he's wrong to look at this, especially if the Browns don't land Gerald McCoy, is, is they may try to trade or, you know, Vernon but- trade for Vernon Butler, or he gets released and they sign him. He is the classic underachieving uh, first-round pick, type of potential reclamation project and he's one that Steve Wilkes knows from his time in Carolina. Uh more of a and big heavy well here. Yeah, more of a big heavy defensive tackle as opposed to a, a gap penetra- penetrator. But uh you know, a guy with that kind of talent, you know, you, you go with, you know, people have asked are what is, you know, is somebody gonna be that Greg Robinson, Brashad Perryman, you know, those type of guys. And, you know, they have guys on the roster that could be construed as that already. But certainly he's the more uh, easily comparable situation because he is a fr- former first-round pick. It's the – that he would be the – look, Gerald McCoy coming in would be the – look, some of you are all going to leave. Vernon Butler would be the guy coming in where it's, all right, you all want to ring together. Figure it out yourselves. Who's sticking behind the front four that we already have? Yeah, uh, and and you know you want to throw some shit out there. Let's let's say that uh, the the you know if the Browns don't get Gerald McCoy, they could trade Desmond Harrison to for Vernon Butler. Uh, you know, player for player type deal, uh, and see what you get out of it. Uh, again, I don't think Desmond Harrison has a future in Cleveland, uh, just by virtue of everything uh, that they've added. But and some things you know, we may know, but can't reveal. Well, yeah, but I mean, but there are teams. <laughs> I have no doubt there are teams that think he's got talent because he does. He does have talent, and there somebody's going to give him a shot. There, you know, offensive tackles are a commodity that gets opportunities. Uh, and you look no further than uh, than uh, what's his face that was released by the Giants, signed by uh, the Washington Redskins out of Miami, who couldn't play dead. Uh, you know, they, they you just get opportunities. Uh, Eric Flowers. There you go. You just you just overall. Yeah, I mean, it's a, just one of those positions where again, there are just never enough. So you know, they're going to get opportunities. So that you know, you you want to throw an idea out there, Desmond Harrison for Vernon Butler in the event they can't get McCoy. And you know, maybe if you know the Browns, you may have to throw in you know some sort of pick. <laughs> 
April seventh. Whatever uh, you know, or day three, whatever you know, whatever call it as you want. But uh, yeah, in uh, the way it's looking, is I don't I don't think Desmond Harrison is going to be here very very long. Um, and maybe he needs to be a right tackle, which you know that's not going to help the Browns. I don't think I don't I don't think that fixes his problems either. He's he's you know, he's got to be consistent, and he's got to be able to handle a bull rush, period. Yes, well, you know, as our buddy Pete Dan Shaka says, he's got no ass. May apply to Mr. Desmond Harrison. Um, this is actually a, a pretty good one here. Last year, uh, Devereaux Lawrence, uh, the Browns obviously gave up a seventh-round pick for him. Will he help this team at all, or is he a quick cut? He's interesting, though, because the time they acquired him, he was one year removed from ACL surgery. You know, it was. There's not much to go with on Devereaux Lawrence. There's not. Uh, you know, his career at LSU wasn't stellar. I mean, it wasn't. You know, you know, accoladed. You know, all American. All that's no, none of that. But um, it's interesting because you're going to want to see him in camp. You know, completely. You know, two years removed from the ACL. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, are we sure he didn't already contribute? Uh, he had two snaps last year. I don't. There's some people. There's some people that says you don't have to sign anybody. That was enough. You saw it. You saw uh, what you needed to see. I I, I, I I think it's can he up his production from last year? Because clearly he made a big impact. Um, I find it fascinating that we have not heard word one of this guy, and that doesn't necessarily mean anything. It's just well, look, I, Desmond Desmond Harrison started eight games last year. We haven't heard a peekaboo about him. So I mean, there's some under the radar guys that we're just not hearing on. Right, uh, sure, but I mean, it's just you know, it, it, short of like when we get questions like this, when's the last time you thought of Devereaux Lawrence? I mean, it's that's that's how little you know he did. Now, you know, I remember us they, trying to figure out his first name when they first got him. Yeah, I mean, they brought him in super late. Uh, that's part of it. He really earned his stripe there uh, by you know, <laughs> added to the team basically the day before they handed him out. Uh, no, I mean, that's, uh, they've got, you know, let's, let's assume they get Gerald McCoy. Uh, they have to find at least one more, potentially two more defensive tackles that can contribute. And they have like a pile of them. They, they have all these guys, uh, they need to find one or two that contribute. So I don't think they're in a hurry to get rid of any of them unless, you know, somebody does something stupid, uh, that, you know, you're going to find out, uh, quickly. And that's just the way. I mean, it, it is what it is. And look, Deverell Lawrence, he's got as good a chance as anybody. But if Gerald McCoy comes in here, there's the number game becomes really, really into play. And sorry, Chad Thomas. Uh, Giovanni Ruiz. Um, well, this is a good one here, Pete. Um, rank ethnic foods, whether it would be, well, I mean, he, obviously, everybody knows ethnic foods. Giovanni, uh, I feel bad that Italian is so low on your list, but you know, Pete, if you got to put three meals together, three dinners together over three nights, but whether you know, obviously ethnic Chinese Italian, where are you going to? Sushi, Pete, do you do sushi? Those sound good. I have. It's not really like a thing that okay. I enjoy. I look. I'll put it this way. I I'm not good at spice, so you know, like. You get into certain areas of Asia, like you get into like Laotian food or, you know, certain elements of Korean food and stuff like that or Indian food. 
a lot of that is just wasted on me. Like, uh, you know, to, to me, it just... If it like, comes if uh, it comes out faster than you can eat it, it's not good. I, I know people who love it, who swear by it, want all the spice they can get. It, you know, all it, it just doesn't do anything for me. I, you know, I, I, you know, a little bit of spice can be good, uh, but that stuff largely wastes on me. So I'm looking at you know the Italian food, you know, Chinese food. That we're type talking of about stuff. a guy who eats. A, would you eat a calzone in in? Uh... <laughs> In, in Alabama for the Senior Bowl. That's true. And uh, Mexican <laughs> food. And, and, you know, there's a lot of good Mexican places around here. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, those those are the thing. Those, 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 any of those are, are, are good with me. Uh, for me, it would be Mexican, Italian, Chinese. I'm not going to put them in any order. Um, but I'm not very fancy with the Chinese. I, I like my pork lo mein. Look, any type of taco... Uh, quesadilla, any of that stuff. Those are good. Um, but again, I don't need the hot, hot stuff. I'm certainly not challenging myself. Um, and obviously, in New Jersey, right outside of New York, um, I have Italian at the disposal. And, but I have, I'm have, i picky with it. There's certain places I like my pizza from. There's certain places I would like the chicken parm from. There's certain places, places where I would like the uh, spaghetti and clams from. Yeah. You learn to play the field and you know what you have at your disposal. So it's one of the joys of being here in New Jersey. I do like the Italian food. I do. Small shout out for small shout out for Cajun food though. That shit is good. You get people who know how to do it. Like when uh, uh, I, I worked with a bunch of uh, people from Louisiana all over there. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's some good stuff. I tell you what. It, it, since you did this, we'll go to this little segue here. Um, apparently today. Some people came after me over potato salad. And uh, Brown's Babe, love you, girl. Good potato. Pete, obviously we always talk about with the cookout and the barbecues, the meat. Everything else is secondary. But good potato salad, Pete. Where are you at with this? Because God knows you're a finicky guy sometimes. I'm not a big potato salad guy. It's not oh. bad. Uh you know, I know everybody uh, has, you know, their grandmother's recipe for it. It's Nicole is going to bury you. She's going to take you out. That's, you know, that's fine. If she wants to bring me her grandmother's potato salad, I will happily eat it. Uh, I a, am, well, A, it's free food. So, yeah, of course we're going to eat it. <laughs> I am a bigger fan. Uh, look, if I'm out there, if, if we're out on the grill, I'm a fan of, you know, potatoes out on the grill. Like, okay. do it up. Uh, like that stuff. Like I, I know, you know, potato salad's great because you're out there hot, you know, hot food. You you'd like something that's not. Uh, but uh, I'm, you know, potato. I love potatoes. It's just, it's a question of just how you're gonna how you're gonna make them. It's all you people in this freaking mayonnaise where you guys view this thing like it is like the the guy behind the tree with the freaking long ass freaking trench coat is about to flash you. It's freaking mayonnaise, people. Who are you, who are you people kidding? I mean, if you're drinking while you're at a barbecue anyway, are you really caring about what you're putting in your body at that point? Some of you guys take that stuff too seriously. Eat what you want. I had an aunt who lived to freaking 98 years old. She ate every meal like it was the last meal she was already eat. Greasy, fat, meats, everything. You, you can do everything in moderation, folks. And, oh, and Giovanni Ruiz, again, with a good question, actually, here. Well, I mean, not that the other one wasn't good, but you got to, food, always good. Um, Brown's question, handicapping the offensive linemen, the backups. 
the Geo's uh, curious because you know uh, how do you say the guy who's playing guard, Pete? K A L I S Khalil. That's right, Khalil. Or, uh, yeah. I'm not. It's just it's Khalil. Well, he doesn't want to get confused with the other Khalils. You don't want to get confused with them. But then it's Kush and Lamb and obviously Forbes. Finian Ganafo, and then where does Corbett fit in this whole mix? It, it does seem weird that he's taking snaps at second string center. Who knows how this is working? Maybe they don't have any, comp- any confidence in anybody yet, but it'd be weird if Austin Corbett is not the starting right guard. Uh, well, yeah, sure. So Kyle Kalis is Kalis. interesting. Uh, obviously, he's famous. Uh, around these circles for being for how he decided to leave the state of Ohio to go to Michigan and then uh, the method he chose to do that in and then ultimately you know uh, that stuff Um, I look when it comes to offensive line in particular because having done this enough uh, rarely have I been part of a team where the offensive line uh, the one you think looks good in shorts is the one you actually end up rolling out there. Uh, <laughs> especially that first one, because you get somebody who looks great on the boards uh, and then can't block. Uh, but a lot of this, to me, feels like you experiment, and particularly with center, because you want to have as many guys who can snap reliably uh, as possible. Because on, a, on, on game day, three guys active who can snap. So... If you're sitting there going, well, Austin Corbett's taking snaps with second-team center, I mean, that must be – maybe. Uh, it, it could. I'm not going to say it can't, but there's a bunch of teams that are you know, dealing with this with rookie linemen. I think you know, Houston is dealing with, with this with a couple of their rookie offensive tackles and stuff like that. Uh, it's just sort of how it goes. So if you're asking me, of the backups, uh, in order, uh, Cush is safe. Corbett is safe. Um after that, it gets interesting. I think at that point, you're looking at Drew Forbes. He's going to make it. Kendall Lamb is going to make it. And that gives you nine already. Um, so the 10th guy in this case, because I think ultimately in this scenario, they would keep 10, is either going to be a Brian Finian Ganofo. Uh, Kyle Kalis, or who's the other one I'm missing? The other possibility, although I think it's relatively unlikely, would be Willie Wright. I think he's going to be a practice squad guy. Uh, but yeah, that's those are the guys I have making it right now. The so you've got uh, Robinson, Petonio, Treader, uh, Corbett. Hubbard and Lamb, Cush. Then you have uh, Forbes. Eight. Yep. And Kalis. I, I'm not guaranteeing Kalis makes it, but he's got a pretty good shot. Uh, and so it's that I'm at eight now. So you know Kyle Kalis, Finian Ganofo, Willie Wright. Those guys are in the mix there. Uh, that, but that's you know that's another illustration of I guess why I think Desmond Harrison is toast. Uh, there's just so many guys uh, that, 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 that let's put this way: the guys I don't think are going to make the team. Desmond Harrison, Brian Witzman. I don't, you know, I don't think he's going going to make it. Uh, 
some of those guys, Trevante obviously was waived. Uh, you know, though, I think they're going to end up with nine, maybe ten. I would say, yeah, I would say it would be at nine, and I, you know, I agree with the most part. Um, Finneaganafo is going to be the interesting one. Forbes, I think, is going to make this team. But we, as we've talked about this, Pete, and you, what you brought in encampment is, is, and you know, obviously Joel confirmed this for us is find a whole bunch of guys who have the athletic traits of being a tackle, and then just figure the rest of it out from there. And there, you may hear in the you know coming months, you know, the last parts of OTAs, and then obviously the mini camps before camp starts, where some guys are taking snaps. Get used to it. This is what they're going to do. They're going to find the best guys and have the guys who are not the top five be versatile. And maybe they find their role there or whatever, but that's the way it's going to work with this. Uh, James Campen doesn't know these people from Adam. So he's got to find out what these guys can do. And that goes beyond, you know, he can, he can throw Austin Corbett there and in right guard and just leave him there off camp. But They've got to figure out what they can do if they have an issue. If Treader goes down, what happens? If Betonio goes down, what happens? If Greg Robinson goes down, what happens? We've had this conversation on this pod. He has to actually figure that out. So, you know, Corbett may be the backup center, or it could work out that way, or Cushes, or, or whatever. So I'm not saying it doesn't, you know, it doesn't make you raise an eyebrow, but I would say that I don't really care about offensive linemen at OTAs. Uh, they don't have pads on, and that's basically the whole thing. And that's other, than, other than when Rod Johnson was might as well have picked up his playbook, the first rep he took against Miles Garrett, it was just a complete waste of time at that point. Uh, how to pick on an all? Always got to pick on an all. I see, you. I see you, Pete. I see you. Um, I, does your team have a quarterback? Uh, yeah, I think he's about 167 pounds. He'll be all right. It's okay because they have linemen. No. No, they don't. <laughs> iTunes rating reviews. Uh, guys, uh, they always help the show. They always help the progress. Um, these allergies are driving the living crap out of me today. I got snot upon snot. But um, iTunes rating reviews. Go over there. Drop a five-star. Drop a written review. Let everybody know how hard we're working here. <clears throat> and the folks over at Crip Six Belts. We want to thank them for the sponsorship of Lockdown Browns. So uh, they are literally trying to make the best belt that's ever been made. Grip 6 is an easy, thoughtful gift for dads, brothers, husbands, uncles, grandpas, and even moms, aunts. Now they have who have a women's styles as well. Uh, ultra lightweight holes, no flap, and it covers easy against the belt line. Almost goes, you know, seamless where you don't actually realize it's there. Check out Grip6Belts.com slash, I'm sorry, Grip6.com slash Lock, L-O-C-K-E, always makes for a nice Father's Day gift, makes for a birthday, whatever, you know, make part of a stuffer, do a package of gifts, make mom or dad feel like you've actually done something for them. So go ahead and check out the folks over at Grip6. If they'd like a personal testimonial, they can send me one. Pete needs belts. Come on, Grip6. Pete needs belts. I'm happy to uh, tell you how your product is. I just have to have it first. Yes, yeah, both of us would. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're not. We're not. We'll take some of the swag. Is that the word, Peter? They're still using that one. Is that where it's sure. at? Give me a box of that. We can find it. We can find it. Yes. Um, and one last one here from Brian Adams. Um, not the Brian Adams. Ever consider? 
<laughs> and this is actually funny with all the Baker and the Colin Coward stuff. Ever consider talking crap on Baker to get him to join the pod? Pete, maybe we've been going about this the wrong way the whole time. Praising him hasn't helped. Uh, so I mean, no, I, I have no way to even hate like on Baker. There's no way. I the problem is, uh, you know, Baker, you know, he's six foot in your program, six foot five when you get the rabbit ears. Uh, he has probably read what I've said about him at, at some point or another and knows better. So, you know, I, 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 I assume, you know, he read my scouting report and thought I was great or the fact that, you know, the fact that I was one of the early adopters of him and would know better. So, uh, no, but I haven't thought about that, nor do, nor do I want to. But, it, it, you know, if that was the... If that was how it worked, I mean, I, we have... We're not hosting this show. We'd be gone, dude. <laughs> we'd have Desmond Harrison. We'd have uh, a number of players uh, on the on this uh, podcast as guests. Uh, I don't think we rate enough yet, uh, if ever, to uh, have, have athletes angry at us. Not yet, not yet, but, um, you know, I see my buddy Andy Carlson, who called out Kyle Rudolph today and got blasted on social media. Andy, it happens, it happens, I see it. Um, first off, it's hard to bash on ba- uh, Baker. Um, the funniest thing, though, is Baker's agency part of it, um, one of the agents there is also Damian Ratley's agency. I did reach out nicely to him. Um, no, it has not at this point. Um... Baker, look, it would. You thought we all had fun with Joe Batonio? Imagine Pete and I with Baker Mayfield, and just basically, you know, we would just sit here and just, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Um, but getting more players, yeah, that would be absolute blast. Um, but I, you know, part of it is, is there are some guys who would never want to come on the show. I think Pete did a good job of mentioning those guys. But look, what we've always said is we're going to be honest in what we say, in what we feel, and look, there are times we differ, and some of it's minimal, but, and this is, and I had somebody come the other day, well, it's, if you guys seem like you're in agreement, how hard is it to not be in agreement with where this Browns product is right now? Uh, the quarterback position, obviously. The wide receiver position, I mean, you have to argue about fifth, sixth, seventh, who may stick around. The di- tight end position. The offensive line position, yeah, it maybe does need a little help, but the nine maybe as a group better be maybe stronger than the starting five. That's okay. That's okay. The defensive line, whether or not Gerald McCoy joins this unit, your starting defensive line is crazy freaking good. Gerald McCoy comes, you're now like you know asylum padded room. Good, Joe, we love him to death. Uh, Christian Kirksey. Great guy. We hope you get a bounce back and a healthy year from Christian Kirksey and he mixing these kids. And then you get to the secondary and everything's there. Pete, it's hard to be negative about what we're talking about every day because you know when you first started with me coming on the show, I mean, we were in the Deshaun Kaiser and Corey Coleman got hurt again in practice and just everything went on with this franchise. But here we are 20-something months later and it's it's AFC North are freaking bust. Um, yeah, if you're, I mean, first and foremost, I think part of this is that, um, you know, there's the, the culture of 
you know, what I would call if I was to ever make a show like that, I just call it sports fight because that's what it is. Um, you know, where you can arbitrarily pick sides and argue of it. I mean, the, if you, I know you, you're a Kornheiser guy, Kornheiser guy, and that's that is always a great one. That is that is I love what they do, and I love that it's still standing to this day. Where it's all right. Here's the topic. I'm A, you're B, and it's fun. It is fun. But I mean, even with them, it's honest. Uh, yep. you know, but and that that you know that's a product of those two having known each other for twenty some odd years before the show even went on the air, and they literally took what they were doing in at the Washington Post and put it on TV, which is, you know, why it works. But you know, so much of their disagreement is basically just the two picking on each other, just using the the case and point to. You know, just just either get over on the other person or make fun of it. A good example is, uh, you know, Kornheiser loves to poke fun at the fact that anything the NFL does, Will Bond will say is bad. And even if the NBA is doing the exact same thing, uh, it's great. So, you know, lately it's been, you know, uh, he's talking about uh, Will Bond hates the NFL draft. He thinks it's stupid, blah, 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 blah. But he's jacked to go to the NBA scouting combine. Uh, <laughs> seriously so yes this is you know that's but i mean th- but if you're asking what is there to disagree about the bronze i suppose uh the problem with that is we have too much uh i i guess similar grounding on that so we come from some of the there's going to be a point i assume where there's going to be something that we disagree with other than the fact that he thinks florida state is a good football program and i see it for what it is but um you know We'll see when it gets there. Oh, again, a second rip at Florida State. Um, no, I love the Florida State I grew up with, Pete. That's the Florida State I loved. I, I don't know what the hell is going on down there now. So your free uh, free shoes and ESU Florida State, not the uh, not not whatever the hell the uh, current edition of this is. Liberty Bowl? No, we don't do the Liberty Bowl at Florida State. We do New Year's Day or bust or what used to be New Year's Day. And that's another thing that stinks about college football. New Year's Day is not like four bowl games when it used to be like 12. And uh, apparently uh, yeah, our buddy Nicole is going to make food for us, so, and I volunteered uh, to do a bottle feeding. And, Pete, you're going to get fed, and you're going to get fed right. Well, you know, she moved back to Ohio for me, so, you know, that's it. All that that certainly works out in that scenario. <laughs> um, guys, but seriously though, um, we love the ride here. And look, if there was more to report on, but look, man, me and Pete, we could always put together 35, 40 minute help. We can an hour and a half of just busting each other's chops, talk about football. But we're we're in that lull. So, guys, you want to start bring more of normal talk to this? We're all for it. Um. Pete's Blue Chews, except for the guy who used the ended up being the punchline. They're fantastic. Um, but the show itself, look, we're, we're having a blast here. And you guys, the last couple of days here, even when there's not much to report on, you guys have been phenomenal with, you know, obviously, you know, the downloads and following the show, and we appreciate that. Obviously, you know, uh, Pete's work over at Browns Maven. Um, Pete, obviously, t- tell a bit a little bit more about it because you're able to 
go different routes with this and even whether it's some shorter stuff you know like we were able to put out today about you know the carolina panthers trying to be the big bad wolf in this scenario well so one of the things that uh, you know they first they want sort of the you know some you know element of being a fan in this but combine that with the fact that the bronze are good i'm going to Lightly talk as much shit as humanly possible. Uh, oh, you've waited. You've waited. Pete, you, <laughs> you owned a goddamn Cameron Wimbley jersey. If anybody deserves this, you do. So, yeah. So, I, I have obviously poked fun at the Ravens. Now I'm poking fun at the Panthers. Uh, that Look, that uh, uh, if I can lightly poke fun at them from the bronze perspective and it, you know, still you know, without, you know, making the work suck, then I'm going to do it. So, yeah, that's even on some, like, for example, this is an easy thing to do is, was, with this was, look, you know, giving you the information that uh, Gerald McCoy is going to go to Carolina uh, for a visit. But in addition to just telling you that, explaining why I think that's bullshit, from the standpoint of, I don't think they have really a case, so I can also talk shit in there and hopefully make it, a, you know, a little more entertaining. Maybe get a laugh out of you know people reading it. Then that's, then that's all the better. It, it's it's a question of is somebody want to read that or do they want to read, you know, generic, uh, you know, piece written by you know whatever person attached to a more formal uh, publication. That is my hope. You know, we'll see. You know, we'll see if it translates, but it, it's certainly another way to sort of, uh, I guess, put myself into it as opposed to just being very antiseptic. Well, the thing is, just be honest with what you do. I mean, in, if this product is going to go where it's going to go, and especially when you have guys like Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham, Miles Garrett seems pretty calm to the masses. He'll just deal with it. But be honest, be brash, be bold. If this is what you truly feel, Put it out there, and, and and just be that way with it. And you know, and obviously, you know, you put it out there today. Well, well, you know, well, how can Carolina afford Lashawn McCoy? You know, uh, Gerald McCoy. Move on from Cam Newton, who's you know maybe holding it back. If his shoulder gets healthy, yeah, they they got you know maybe they got a shot. But just be real with it. And a lot of it is in the moment, guys. And a lot of it is the take at the time. And that's part of all of this. And we're having fun with it. And, uh, Pete, look, apparently Nicole gave me grill duty, so apparently somebody's going to take care of that baby. So I don't know who the hell that's going to be, but good luck with that big guy. Um, she's got a, she's got a, uh, hopefully she related, she's got a person related to her by marriage so that can take care of that. <laughs> they need a sister-in-law and Anna in there or something. Um, but guys, this has been your daily delivery of all things talk bound. Um, obviously we got you some stuff here. Uh, Gerald McCoy, you know, we talk some food, obviously, you know, some things brown wise, but the one thing today about the whole thing with the potato salad, and this was normally, I, I've gotten better trying to avoid this type of stuff, but my older brother Wayne has, you guys have been, you know, anybody who's, you know, listened for a while now, you know, I lost him in October. We used to have... I, like I said, we grew up in a horse farm in Colesnack, so we used to have a bunch of parties in the summer. And my brother Wayne, like, would always be like, "Oh no, I'll help clean up and I'll take care of it." And like, I never understood it because you know, a Wayne was lazy, but like Wayne always had an end game to what he was doing. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? 
He's like, oh no, I packed most of the potato salad in this. Like what he used to put all the leftovers in one big bin, and then he used to make smaller Ziploc bags of the good stuff. And I was like, oh. And now keep in mind, you know, I, there was a brother in between us, and then there was my little brother. He's like, no, was this way that you know? And he would like hide it all, stuck it, stuck it behind like the, you know the horseradish in the back corner of the fridge. And I was like, oh man. And like it's just like memories of stuff and and obviously you know cookouts and stuff and hanging out with family and you know, friends and everybody and it was just like you know like you know, I, I thought i'm like well, well wayne's stepping up to be like the good guy here no wayne had an end game and was smart and we used to devour that food afterwards um so guys as always never forget the uh you know the people who are close to you and never forget to tell them how much they mean to you uh, Pete's work over at Brown's Maven. Make sure you're checking it out, guys, because he's doing a fantastic job over there. He's able to do, you know, quick hitting pieces, long pieces, and it's fantastic to see him and just have this maneuverability and flexibility of the way he's delivered the content, and it's actually worked out pretty well. Make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore. The Locked on Browns Twitter account, always a follow back. Um, tons of DMs on the Gerald McCoy thing. Guys, you know, I'll give you what I know and what I've been given uh, don't sue me if it's wrong in that respect, but uh, you know anything over there. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, as always, throw a follow over there. Uh, just appreciate everybody. Um, I, I know a, a lot of the Browns pods this time of year. You're getting a little bit of less content. We're trying to give you as much as we can every day. This month is going to parallel with the last couple of months, and we've taken a lot more time off here. So I know you guys appreciate what we're doing, and you appreciate the effort we're giving into it. And for that, we thank you guys. Um, so with that, we will put a close to this one. Um, hopefully the Gerald McCoy waltz will be over soon. But until then, LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.